This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Choices are great. Like with your podcasts, you get to choose what you want to listen to. And State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. That's why the State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you get the coverage you want at an affordable price and a policy that helps cover what you value most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm Personal Price Plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Blizzard. Play Diablo 4 free during the open beta weekend. Only you can stand in the way of the forces of hell. Play free March 24th to 26th and pre-purchase for early access. Journey through the entire first act. Battle up to level 25 as all five classes. Adventure with your friends in four-player co-op. Descend into hell early during the open beta. Pre-purchase Diablo 4 now. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. snafu there welcome everybody as i almost forgot to bring us on screen it's episode 16 divots and pivots here to bring you into the wells fargo this week uh we're gonna help you out figure out who you can bank on <laughs> wells fargo no you did <laughs> but anyways continue to continue with the bad pun here as always, I'm joined by Mr. Bud Copeland here. Um, and real fast, I want to say, I just noticed on our little intro video there, I'm not sure I've ever had my hair sculpted more perfectly than I did in that the picture I used on that. <laughs> we're we're going to update headshots here. As soon, uh, as soon as management, as soon as management approves the purchase order, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring in that intern and have them do some headshots for us. Uh, putting the light back. Yes, but uh, yeah, how are you doing today? Speaking, speaking of interns, you got somebody <laughs> running the tech over there tonight? I can't bust your chops too hard. I can't, I don't you, know, you know what anything. it is? I can't decide if this light is too, is like washing me out. What happened? So I added a second monitor, or I, I didn't add, I had it here, but I shifted them around. But now, so I now I'm using a monitor over here that for some reason shines brighter on my face. So I just end up more like I have to basically have like a black screen up on this monitor so it doesn't affect my lighting too much. But that's what I've been trying to figure out. <laughs> Got like next level stuff. I think I might have a, a lamp from Bed Bath and Beyond down here. Nice. Uh, <laughs> no, but what's going on this week? I, listen, before we go any further, uh, and even before I, I say we go ahead and give, I pause, timeout, flag on the play. 
first and foremost, good Wrong to sport. see you again. Yeah, well, welcome back, and uh, good morning to everyone. I heard on a different show, and yes, there are more than one show. There are more than one show. <laughs> there are the amount the amount of time you you kind of dedicate to each one of these events signifies really their level of importance, both to you personally, really, which, cause that's all that matters, right? Like who, who gives a shit about anybody else? So real quick question for you. Um, Mexico open. How'd it go? Not good. <laughs> Not good. I mean, so we, we were texting each other and I think what summed it up was that um, I think multiple times on the show, we said, there's no way in hell we're playing Brendan Todd. And then all week, Brendan Todd is like right there at the top of the leaderboard. It, that was my, that was that was the uh, the karmic dog coming out to bite me in the proverbial ass because yeah. there I was bagging on that the UGA guy and I think he was seven he was like seven under halfway through Thursday I texted you I'm like I deserve every ounce of crow that is coming my way yeah um, which is why which is why you know the only thing that I saw and the only thing I'll comment about in uh, was this was kind of a petty thing. Which hey, that's that's right on brand. It sure is. <laughs> John John Rom had you know a few inch putt to win. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say there's no such thing as a gimme. See Scott Hoke Masters circa 1980 something, mm-hmm. late 80s. It, but at that level, there's there there are gimmies. You know, two three inches. I think at anybody, my my two year old could probably knock it in. You know, as long as I helped a little bit. So. Somebody else pointed out that a lot of times the pros, to be gracious, they'll mark that. The rest of the players will putt out. Mm-hmm. They'll move off to the side. And that way they can, like, knock it in, enjoy the moment. It's the final and instead, the way, but yeah. Right. And instead, Rombo walked up, knocked it in, right? Like, just get it in there. Yeah. And the person I heard interpret this as that was him <laughs> exhibiting how much. You know, he, he says he doesn't pay attention to the noise. He wants to win every week but how much he really wanted to make sure that he didn't F this up and secure it because Tony Finau was, was nipping and nipping hard and he wasn't alone. And I think when you're the only player in the top 20 to go down to a tournament like this, and it could have gone one of two ways, either he shoots 80 in the first round and nobody faults him for it because everybody just Mm -hmm. goes, Hey, you know, that's going to happen. His his head's already probably on the PGA. Let's give him a break, which nobody would be that nice to him. (laughs) But then when it's in your grasp, that thing like, can you close? And sometimes the, the, you know, the, the voices start coming, the footsteps start coming, the birds are chirping a little bit louder. So I think he, maybe he was a little spooked and he, and it does matter to him. He's sitting on the throne right now, but um, yeah, no, I got my ass handed to me as well. I almost went over Tony Finau was the only pick that kind of saved me. And I wrote him off until Sunday, you know, thanks for whatever he turned in 64, 65, 66, whatever. Yeah. He turned Uh, it on. So that's the Mexico Open. Yeah, that's that's the Mexico Open. Yeah, and that's uh, pretty. That's how it went for me too. It was I, my teams had pretty much either. It, it was very much a. It wasn't the way I built it, but it ended up being like a stars and scrub lineup because I either had two or three guys. All basically, if you if my guys made the cut, they were in the top ten, and then the rest of my team missed the cut, so it, it did me no good at all. Um, and I didn't have any six for sixes, so it was definitely a a, a rough week, but. On to Wells Fargo. We're pivoting. Uh, we're pivoting to North Carolina, but we're not in North Carolina this year. We're in Maryland. Uh, yeah, TPC, T, yeah, TPC, yeah, the Potomac, Potomac. Avenel, Maryland. Mm-hmm. It's a short course, small greens. It's going to be about accuracy this week. 
distance doesn't really matter. And honestly, putt, putting is kind of uh, so I'm I'm tracking putting because I want them to be able to hit these. I, I want them to hit these putts with the size of the greens on the first try. Um, but it does get negated a little bit because there's not many putts that are, you know, over 20 feet or so. Like you're, you're, you're pretty much in that five to 15 foot range, um, which is pretty much what these guys all practice daily. So are you saying, <laughs> oh boy, get it. So what are you putting more, more of a premium on um, proximity to the hole or this, or, or, shall I say efficiency from 15 to 20 feet? Um, I'm putting it more on the, like the distance, like the distance to the hole, the proximity okay. like that. Yeah. Because so over I'm, the I'm, course of 72 holes, if you are consistently within that ring, odds are a lot yeah. of those are going to drop. So I see what you're saying. Um, but it's definitely not, more about hitting, getting it on the green this week than anything. And to get it on the green, uh, this is a kind of course where you have to get it in the fairway. There's going to be, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not going to be super open, super open. Super Mario Open. Um, it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be super uh, U.S. Open like super long rough, but those courses or this course does have some thick rough on it, and so put it in the fairway. It's got a lot of, it's got a lot of trees it. too. It's got a lot of trees, it, it, and the trees that it does have, it's pretty dense. You're not gonna get those. Oh, I happen to land in between four trees, and I have a window I can you know punch and and cut it out of. Um, you you want to be in the fairway here. <laughs> you have that shot in the back. Is that what you're saying. Um, I've done it by accident. I've also rung it off the tree in front of me five times in a row trying to do it. So have you ever hit yourself or anybody else in one of those shots and situations? No surprise. Have you ever hit anybody else with a golf ball, like hitting it? Yes. And I've been hit in the forehead. (laughs) So, so there was, was, I was, I was standing on the green and I'm looking around trying to figure out where one of my, my buddies are who's playing and it just so happened to be that coming off the front of the green was a was a deep bunker that like you couldn't see him standing in it. So I'm literally standing by the flagstick, just looking around. I'm like, oh, like where is he? I don't even I don't even know where he went. And all of a sudden, I turn and I didn't know he was hitting his shot. And just came right out of the bunker and plopped me right off the forehead, standing at the flag. <laughs> Dude, where was this? Oh, it was it was um, it, New England, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I just I forget, I forget the course, but it was up here in New England, yeah. Anyway, it was good time, good time. But yeah, yeah I had and I haven't uh, I haven't hit anybody with that. I've hit a golf cart. Um, like my worst shot ever was standing on the tee box. The golf cart was maybe it wasn't exactly ninety degrees, but it was pretty close directly to my right. And somehow, when I swung, the ball just shot directly to my right and rung right off the um, the support holding up the roof of the golf cart with my buddy sitting in the golf cart. <laughs> I don't know how I did it. Still to this day, I don't know how I physically did it. I've had a ball land inside the cup holder of a golf cart. I drilled. Oh, I drilled this kid in the hand uh, in middle school. We were, I think, we were thirteen. We were in like seventh grade, yeah. and he put his hand up in front of me, about twenty feet away. And he's like, and he put his other hand over his junk. And sure enough, I I was like, all right, man. I tried to like punch a three iron and drilled him right in the palm. Yeah. Um, Nathan Dugas. Nate Dugas. Got. I don't know where I pulled that name from. We well, you know those little but, practice, like plastic golf balls or like the mini wiffle balls or whatever. Oh God. Yeah. 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 Like so those. some of my earliest childhood memories. Yeah. So like way back when I was younger, my uncle um, brought me out to like a baseball field or a big field. He was like, okay, go out there with the baseball, man. I'm going to hit some of these and you just go fetch them for me. Well, he, he sculled one 
and ripped a liner right at me. And of course I try to go catch it, miss it. Cause I'm like six at the time and it catches me right off the shin. Um, just leaves a nice big, what looked like a mini soccer ball welt on my shin. Cause I couldn't catch I, the damn mini plastic golf ball. Oh dude, I know what you're talking about. I used to play baseball and have like those seams. Um, yeah. but anyway, yeah, back to, uh, back to CPC <coughs> Potomac. I'm going to be all right. Don't worry. Do you think so? Are you sure? Yeah, this cough just will not go away. It's driving me nuts. But yes, TPC Potomac. Do you have um, the, Do you have the long Do you have the long COVID? I have the lifetime allergies. No, because I wasn't coughing this much when I had COVID. Like the COVID was easier than my allergies were. Are that's uh, that's life with me. There's like, a There's a hot take. It's been uh, It's been some high pollen counts up here around us. Uh, so that's been that's been killing me. There's also only two par fives on this course, and that bothers me. I really think it should be a rule. Brooks Kepka was on a, a podcast saying that maybe we should only have 12, 13, 14 holes in a round. Mm. I don't know, man. I, just, I know. I've heard so, that recently, too. It's, I just I just get so – I just it gets so bored. Shut up. I mean, that's it. That would be like Don't play. I'll take your place. I'll gladly play 18 every, every freaking weekend. Well, I mean, it's like, again, a marathon runner being like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I run them. I run them faster, but I just wish they were shorter. Yeah. That's not <laughs> the sport you're playing. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I just kind of, I just kind of black out from holes, you know, seven through 12. And then I went, like, shut up. Spicoli. Explain some of your performances, but <laughs> whatever, Mr. Exactly. Whatever. <laughs> uh, no, but this is fun. I like, I always like golf in this area. I'm from the area. I was originally, I was born right outside of Washington, DC. Didn't spend a ton of time there as a child, but have gone back throughout my life so much that um, my godmother lived right outside of DC for a while too. So we'd go visit her all the time. So a little partial to this part of the country. I'm going to go ahead and plant my flag there for the week. uh, And I'm going to be rooting for the course because I just don't want to see another 20 under win. I'd like to see a little bit of a competition. Yeah. I don't want to see people looking ahead too much to Southern Hills, although <gasps> Tiger was out there. Well, so the, well, yes, he, well, I texted you it. <laughs> and then everyone's mad because he was getting insider tips from the, the head uh, pro there. You see that? Who was, I forget his name. Uh, there was a golfer on Twitter who was saying, like, oh, it must be nice to be able – does everybody get the – exactly. Does everybody get the same opportunity and options to go talk to this guy, to have him walk up the course on the show him everything? Like I'm no. sure if you asked them, sure, I'm sure you could well, make that, it happen. That, you know, that's the other thing too. Is I did did you ask? Did you call yeah. up and think to yourself, "Hey, I'm playing in this big ass tournament. Maybe I'll you know maybe they'll let me come and just walk the course or play." You got a point that 99 percent of the time. Or did you talk to your manager? Hey, did any of my sponsors are they members here? You know, there's I'm. I'm not going to say that you know I'm an expert because I'm not, but I would imagine there are more than one way to skin a cat. Yes, see what I did there with the big cat. I do, but um, <laughs> but to answer the guy's question, whoever it was, oh, must be nice. Yeah, it is nice. He's won 82 fucking times and 15 majors. So it it reminds me of the old Bobby Bowden quote back in a quotation. Actually, my Latin teacher would be going nuts right now. He used to, he used to use the old thing. You know, it's a quotation, not a quote. You wouldn't yep. call your country. You wouldn't call your country a. Oh yeah, anyway, yeah. Heard that one quite a few times. Oh, have you now, <laughs> you dirty mouth? Um, shit. Where was I going with this? 
uh, a quotation. Oh, you threw me off. Yeah. So Bobby Bowden back in the 2001 national title game, I think it was 2000-2001, they were in New Orleans for it. Sebastian mm-hmm. Janikowski was the kicker, the Polish powder keg. Um, yeah. I was living in Tallahassee at the time. Both my sisters went to Florida State. We used to go to the games all the time. <laughs> but I remember the interview, a bunch of them went out New Year's Eve and they broke curfew. Yep. And so Bobby Bowden at the next press conference, you know, he's talking about it and they had put out a little release or whatever saying these players are going to be suspended for the game because of whatever or the first half. And one of the reporters raised their hand. They're like, you know, we noticed that Sebastian Janikowski was one of the players that was out, but he's not on the list of suspended players. You know, it seems to me like you're giving preferential treatment to some of your better players. And yep. he just the, the reporter <clears throat> kind of paused and Bobby Bowden's like, yeah. It would seem like that, wouldn't it? <laughs> and that's it right there. It's all and, and, yes. <laughs> what do, what do you want from me? I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like it just, it, it, and the key there is sometimes honesty is the best policy. Like, you know, yeah. you got, you got, you know, yes, you, you got me. It's good. Andrew, are we going to have to go to the bullpen? Am I going to have to start? Good, to, am I, are we going to turn this into a headspace podcast where I just start telling old stories? I mean, we could have, you know, that maybe that's how we fill those, those Mexico open weeks. It's just story time with bud. We should be, we should be selective with some of our weeks and maybe pivot to uh, a more unique betting format or, or uh, look for some obscure tournament and say like, you know what, we're going to go all in on the Bienvenido challenge down in Punta Cana. That'd be fun Uh, to do something like that. Or maybe tag every one week we say, Hey, let's get, let's both learn how to, you know, some strategies to do snake draft golf on DraftKings instead of classic or tiers. Yes. There's snake draft la- options. <laughs> last thing. I know I saw that. I was actually a little intrigued. I'm actually going to try thing. it this week. I've done it before in the past, but it's been a little while, but I am going to give it a, a whirl this week. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to give well, any advice on it right here on the show because I got to look at it. So, Snake. What do you mean? I give advice on this show all the time about shit I know nothing about. Um, <laughs> Say that out loud, man. <laughs> well, it's not advice. It's not advice. It's my opinion. It's my it's educated. Opinion, exactly. It's my educated opinion. I do my research. I do my thought. I know I come yes. across a little spicolish. That's all before, any of us do. <laughs> before we dig into the uh, the ten k and above, which uh, I, before Ooh. we dig into it, I almost <laughs> did it. I almost did it. Um, I got a question for you and it's a little off the wall, but every week we're going to, we're going to take 30 seconds and we're going to get to know each other and our listeners a little bit more. Um, So what is, let me look at this real quick. Ah, here we go. Ah, it's very simple one, easy one, kind of relatable, especially for folks like us that grew up relatively in the internet age. Um, Although, I still remember doing like book reports with like physical books that you checked out at the library and stuff. I mean, what yeah. was, what was your first email address or screen name? <clears throat> oh, geez. And what, and was there any kind of significance or explanation behind it? I kept changing my screen name. Like all I had so many, I can't even, I'm trying to think back to them now. So my, so my first email address um, was L E duck 89. And so my last name is Leduke. But I added a K on it, and the story behind that is because on Travel League Baseball, they spelt my name wrong on the back of my jersey and added – so not only did they add the K, but all the letters are capitalized, but for some reason they also shrunk the capital E to be the size of a lowercase E but still be a capital E. So it looked like it literally said L-E duck, and that became well, my that became my nickname that year for baseball. 
So every time I'd get up to the plate, they just start chanting L E Duck. <laughs> and so I made that my first email address. And I honestly can't remember my first I had so many screen names, I can't remember any of them though. But that's, that's my email, ad- my old email address. I, I got an, oh, oh man, this is where I wish we had a time machine. Go back and find the person who <laughs> did that shirt and be like, were they were they trying to be slick? Did they see your last name and think like, oh man, it, it's French for the duck. So we're going to do like a French Le Duc, Le Duc. It's, you know, the duck. That's pretty fucking funny. No, but it was just, um, you know, cheap, you know. They had they got uh, it done. Listen, baseball, <laughs> little little like late like eighties, nineties, little league baseball, travel ball jerseys, especially sometimes you you get on those last minute all star teams or last minute travel team, and they're like, Yeah, we're gonna be awesome and we're gonna customize the jerseys, and it's like yeah. electrical tape on the back. Yeah. Some somebody's somebody's dad spent all weekend just putting it together and then yeah. they like <laughs> ironed it just to make sure that it all kind of like yes. melted together. Exactly. Um yeah. That's funny shit. Then, uh, my mine was um, my call ninety nine, and mine actually had a baseball mm-hmm. reference to my call M Y C A L L was because my given name is Michael, and I think my mom made my first email address. She added me okay. to the AOL account, and when she did Michael, of course, there was already Michael taken, and then there was my. And so she did the punny thing and did my call. My call. I I think I used this email address until I was like twenty. I I um, just stopped using the one I said like maybe three years ago. I'm thirty two. Right. So. <laughs> right. I mean, it's it, it's tough. And then the ninety nine was a uh, baseball reference. That was my baseball number after oh, after Rick Wild Thing Vaughn. That yes. was a movie. Major League was eighty seven, eighty eight, eighty nine, somewhere in there. And yeah. I, one of my little league teams was the Indians and it wasn't even little league. It was kid pitch. It was like the first year kid pitch. Oh, before yeah, little league. Yeah. But it was the Indians and my dad thinking he was being sweet. Um, like we went to blockbuster. He's like, Oh, here's this baseball movie with the Indians on the front. And he liked Charlie <laughs> Sheen. He'd see yeah. all, And he thought maybe it was like kind of how like a mighty ducks type movie. Yeah, no, uh, he so thought much. it was maybe his angels in the outfield. Yeah. No, it was no, no, no. Not that. great movie though. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, we followed, we followed that with deliverance. Thanks, pops. Ooh, <laughs> that's what sure everyone said that. whenever I went to whenever I went to because that was the one in West Virginia, right? Uh, that... The the setting was West Virginia, but it was oh, actually yeah. it was actually filmed in parts of Tennessee, and North Carolina, on the what's called the Ch- what's called the Chattooga River. Yep. And I've actually done that section of the river, uh, whitewater rafted down the Five Falls section where they where they filmed it. Okay. Yeah, that's that's all anyone ever said to me when I said I was going told people I was going to school in West Virginia. There's deliverance. Like I, I was like, it's a big state. What? what? I, I, watch watch out for banjos. And, yeah. and the, what they don't understand was the banjo was a warning sign. It was the it was the 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 yeah. the, the the slow child, I guess you would call him back then, um, trying to signal to the boys like, hey, you got more uh, more porkies <laughs> up here. All right, before this turns into an incredibly a freaking we're uh, 20 right. minutes in and all we've talked about is movies, baseball and it's and belly up names. sports. It's belly up sports. This entire network is movies and baseball. I know it's, it's very some true. amalgamation of it. I love it. Um, very true. Right. <coughs> don't don't make me laugh too much, my man. You you're gonna kill me tonight. Today, I'm gonna start doing five minutes of stand up on. You you know what you look like? You look like the 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 Kool Aid guy, except his cousin, who is the orange flavored. It's you're his orange flavored cousin in that shirt. And I don't know why I'm bagging on on the shirt, other than I'm wearing a hat that says staff. Nice shirt. Did I wear this one last week? The Jack Nicholas shirt that I got from Costco. Actually, I think you did. Yeah. 
or BJ's. I know it might become my show shirt. Maybe I won't or, wash it. Or until... you wore it for the Masters. I can't remember. You, no, because you got it after the Masters. Yeah, yeah. I got it after. Listen, I was I was decked out in my Georgia gear for the Masters. I remember that. I'm a big gearhead. Uh, maybe yeah. I won't wash this shirt until we get to a thousand a thousand followers. Okay, okay. Which if you follow at Real Mister Mallet, I just hit that last night. So thank you to all of you who follow. Keep it coming. Would love the appreciation. But anyways, let's jump into this because we let's don't want to run out of time. So yeah, yeah. And, okay, <laughs> let's go ahead real quick. If you uh, if you have if you haven't heard it, we are back in uh, Maryland, TPC, Potomac, Avenue Farm. I say back. I'm pretty sure it's the the one time that it's been here. It's the first time. It's usually As Quail Hollow and Charlotte. So it's always so it's typically always whenever Quail Hall is holding another tournament in the uh, in the season, like they are later this year with the Presidents Cup. So it was back in 2017 and 2018. 17, they were in Eagle uh, Point in Wilmington. And well, yeah, this right. year. that one was at Eagle Point, though. But 2018 was, I believe, was here. Yeah, no, it's a – just look – see, that's why I I have to – is this a Donald Ross design? No, I can't, can't, can't. Normally, I just – I'm a chalky guy, and I like a lot of Rory at this event normally. But it being at a different, at a different site, I'm kind of mm-hmm. going to go with the conventional wisdom – uh, of like what you've been pointing out, what we've been alluding to, which is get the ball in play, get it close to the hole, and then it's not going to be so much of a putting contest um, yeah. because there's going to be a little, you know, there's a little more skill to it with those tight, those tight greens. Um, it's another shot at John Rom, who was bitching earlier this year <laughs> about a tournament. Then, then putt every better than everybody that week. I just get so I have Look, bitching zero. in sports pisses me yeah, off. Yeah, in so... any sport, just. Let's you, and, look. You know, you, you're getting to is, do your dream. Let's not bit, like if you want to bitch about the money you're making or like the the way you're treated by your organization. Like I get that. That's like anybody else who's working a job. Like I, I get that. But I don't see why you bitch about the sport you're playing. I, I love it. We're, we're, play. People are at people are at work right now, probably, and now we're just getting them all. They're he's right. But like bitch, but like, bitch bitch like to bitch about like the the rule or the um. <clears throat> or just like the the little the guy in, a couple like, weeks intricacies ago, the guy, of like the unwritten rules or whatever, like let's just a guy a couple weeks ago who was he was all um I almost said butt hurt, but butt hurt seems to be a little bit of an immature <laughs> term, so we're gonna say bent out of shape instead of there we go yeah he was all bent out of shape about how the groundskeepers had tagged some hazard lines now that that might be what you were alluding to yeah and I want to just be like all right let me get this straight your ball rolled in the water. And you're upset about how the line was drawn around the water. That We're, line don't matter anymore. The water is the line. Your ball, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the captain now. Uh, <laughs> all right. So 10k and above. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fade Rory this week. Yes. Um, mostly just expensive. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going top tier. Unknown course is the or first time at the course is really yep. the kind of. Uh, I'd say neutralizing factor here. I almost put it in the same category as last week where it's a kind of an off event. You can't use too much of any recent history of whatever, other than maybe recent form. You know, yeah. if you are playing well, I think you're going to play well, which is why up in that 10 K and above range, Tony Finau is who I, you know, I, I really like after what he, how he finished last week. But if you want to follow the recipe of what we've been talking about, ball striker, accurate, consistent, repeatable. And then if you give them enough opportunities, they're going to convert. It's somebody who I've been bagging on all year. But after my <laughs> after my humble pie with Brandon Todd last week, um, I'd hang my hat on Corey Connors up there at 10-1. Yeah. It, it is pricey. And you know, anytime you know, somebody like a Corey Connors, who's not a top 10 in the world, is in that 
one of those top five spots, but it fits the mold for who's going to be successful. And he's been successful yeah. this year. It just feels like the type of tournament that I don't know. It's one of those unre- like just on kind of explainable feelings. It just feels like this is something, this was the one he could win. Um, like almost like it feels like Corey Connors might be the type of golfer. He comes out and he, he wins the tournament before like the major or like a, a week or two before the, the major, um, like shoots his shot and then, you know, doesn't, can't do it at the major. But uh, I agree that I look, he's the, the one knock again on this week is that he's unbelievably chalky, like 22% some way that is he really, what's my boy, <clears throat> Fina, what's my boy, Fina, Fina, like 11, 12%. <clears throat> And see that would be the, and that would be the diff. See, I muted my sneeze, my four or five sneezes, um, and I was actually about to ask you. You said the phrase. I couldn't get to the mute button in time for my cough. <laughs> you said the phrase "shoot your shot." I was going to ask you about the text and say you shot your shot. How'd that go? But we can talk about that offline. Yeah, I didn't. Um, so we'll just skip right past that. <laughs> Atta boy, I've got I've got Corey Connors honestly as like the like I said that's the identified, uh, you know, pick, and obviously yeah. that's the chalky pick right there. But I would say Tony Fina would be my go for that extra five hundred dollars. The way he's playing, sure. uh, you know, he might break through. Yeah, those are really the only two that I would consider playing up there. And like I said, if you're gonna play Connors, you gotta you gotta with the rest of your picks kind of factor in some um, <clears throat> some ownership bargains uh, in your GPP large uh, large contest pools. Um, but luckily, we speaking can, yeah, of bargains, we yeah, have those for you this week because the model spit out. Half of the top ten is uh, priced under eight thousand this week, um, and leading off the top of that board uh, is Mr. Brian Harmon at seventy seven hundred dollars. And yes, I know I'm skipping over the night. We usually go in order of the range, but I'm, but I'm, I'm it, here. I'm here for it. I want to make sure we hit on some guys here, since you know we're. I think we're, there's a chance we could run out of time come the end of this show. So never. We'll, but yeah, so Brian Harmon, which is a scary name to have at the top of your your rankings for the week, but. Once again, fits the mold and has been playing fairly well this year, actually. You know who does well here this week is uh, Phil Dunphy. You know, kind of the average, everyday, go-to, reliable, consistent. Um, Not to say that any of these guys can't get get hot and... Mm. Listen, like you've said before, they're professional golfers, so they have have the ability to turn it on and and get hot and hit a streak quick aside. We'll go back to your Brian Harmon love fest. Alan, I wouldn't call it a love fest. It's a scary love fest. I have someone else I'd rather play. more. Ooh, is it, is it a like, is it a like, is it a like fest? Um, <laughs> Alan Iverson was on a podcast earlier this week and he was doing an interview and he, they were asking him about some of the super teams over the years. And really mm-hmm. he was around during that kind of early era of uh, yeah. uh, the first one with the Celtics, the big three there. And, and he said, yeah, I got approached about that kind of stuff. People would hit me up. People would talk to my agent. He goes, it never dawned on me to go and, and kind of play with these guys. Not because I didn't like them or didn't respect them. You know, obviously he played international ball with some of them and whatnot. But his theory was this, and it goes back to what you just said. He's like, my thought was I'm good enough that give me any four professionals. Yep. And, and we can take any we can take any other five. And we have a chance. <laughs> right. And, and and honestly, when you're talking about 144 guys, sure, we focus on the top 10, 20 of them because that's where we're told to focus through advertising mm-hmm. dollars and everything else. Yeah. Uh, and also because we like winners, you know, as a sure. society, that's what, that's what your attention goes to. But, you know, you, you go back to the macro of it all. And when you talk about the size of how many people play golf and, you know, 
there are hundreds and hundreds of mm-hmm. professionals who really could on any given week get hot enough to win. It's just, and maybe that's why that's what Greg Norman and these guys are saying about this other golf league, which is there are way too many good golfers out here to have it just be this rat race for this pool of money. Yeah. Big pool. It's a big pool of money. And the ladies are certainly not getting, you know, that's a whole different mm-hmm. story. And if you didn't catch Lydia Co, Google it. It was hilarious <laughs> this week. Uh, the interviewer asked her, the interviewer asked her if she was getting a little un- discomfort out there and it looked like she, her back might've been tight. And is she questioning maybe, I hope this isn't going to be inconvenient for her and her trainer that she's been working with. And Lydia goes like, Nope, just that time of the month. Oh. And the, 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 inter- <laughs> the interviewer's like, Oh, okay. And he goes, and she's like, I know you're at a loss for words. He's like, my, my women at home get me. They know what I'm going through. But yeah, when it's that time, she's like, that happens. My back gets tight and everything gets twisted up. And it's sometimes, you know, the, the shots are tough to pull off. And yeah. the, inter- the interviewer is a dude's like, okay. Oh, I just walked away. Right. Just like we were going to walk away from the, from this storyline. So um, anybody, moment, any, <laughs> anybody can win this week, which is probably why Brian Harmon, I mean, it is a money ball kind of week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd play him at 7,700 because also tell oh, yeah. me some more. Tell me some more about those 7K guys that you have in your model. Yeah, no. So I'm not saying I wouldn't play him. I, I definitely um, definitely like him this week for sure with how he, he shapes up. Uh, number two in my rankings, though, is another guy that I like for just a little bit more at 7,400, and that's Adam Long. Yeah. Um, and Adam Long has – I'm going to pull up his recent results really fast. While well, you're doing I'm, that, I mean, he's fairways gained one, fairways gained four, on yeah. fours, four. I mean, yeah. So, he's, so again, long, long has gained 17 total strokes in his last four, uh, four tournaments. He finished 15th at the Mexican Open, uh, Mexico Open last week, and then 12th at the Heritage and 35th at the uh, Valero. He didn't play in the Masters, um, but that's a guy right there who's also coming in at under 10 percent ownership, projected ownership, that feels like a potential home run on as far as hitting your value there. So I really like Adam Long this week. And if, if you're going to play Corey Connors, Adam Long just feels like a guy that you're going to have to have in your lineup for both ownership, upside value, and uh, price. There's a there's a guy right near him, and I didn't look at any of his other uh, – but the I think, I, think he's, I think he's from India. The uh, Anurban Lahiri. I mean, he's not Thigala, who I really want Thigala to break through soon. I know you like that so kid. bad. <laughs> but, um, but no, Lahiri, uh, it also reminds me of Mindy Lahiri from, you, did you ever watch that show? My wife was obsessed with it. The Mindy something show. Uh, oh, yeah. I, where did, does I the, never watched it, no. Where does Lahiri strokes gain total 10 plus 10 in the last few events? I mean, it's not bad. He's playing good. <laughs> So um, here he ranks out forty first in the model. That's good enough for me to mix in there. What's his? Uh, so, I mean, what's? So, so let's see. Some of his better stats in the model are um, putting. He ranks top twenty in putting um, in the field. He ranks uh, eighteen top twenty in par fours from four fifty to five hundred yards, uh, and then top twenty on. Par four strokes gained in general and uh, strokes gained off the tee. Uh, his biggest knocks, however, are uh, strokes gained approach. He's outside the top 100. Fairways gained, he's outside the top 100. And strokes gained off the... Which one is this? 
strokes gained off the tee on correlating courses, he is uh, at like 97. So he's right at like that 100 mark. And I think that his recent form trumps that. And then the tiebreaker for me is his 5% calculated projected ownership. So yeah, he's it is a good form. That's the, that's it. You're right. Because I mean, if you're split, if you're splitting hairs, because right there, right above him is somebody who I've been big on as well recently, which is David Lipsky. <laughs> I know you have, you knew, I, you knew I was boy. <laughs> him. Well, him and Rye, I like them both. I love that team at Zurich. I think I'm going to be a little, I think I'm going to fanboy pretty hard on the whole Zurich uh, open, especially because I'm a big fan of walk-up music. Lipsky's um, very similar to Lahiri. Um, yeah. He's better. He's a better uh, approacher, better at strokes gained approach and fairways gained. Um, he doesn't have any correlating course stats, uh, so he's got a little bit less stats to go off. Of. But so I want to be clear when I want to listen off these stats. I don't just follow the numbers and tell you I play this guy because these numbers line up. If you saw, I only have so in my top ten ranked. I don't just blindly like and tell you guys everybody that's in my top 10. I can tell you right now, my top 10 this week, I am not liking Paul Casey, Abraham, Answer, and Ryan Armour because I'm looking at other factors outside of these numbers that are recent form, that are um, are, course are, history. Are, uh, are, you, are you referring to strokes gained home life? Yeah, exactly. When you you use the numbers, and then you pair that with all the other knowledge you have about golf, and then you then you pick. You don't let the computer pick your favorite. You pick your favorites based off of all the information you have. So that's what I do. No, and I agree. And the thing with Paul Casey is he was, you know me, I love me some Popeye, uh, especially with those big old forearms. He's a great ball striker and an accurate iron player, which is what you need here. Uh, and he's kind of due for, I think he's due for some success. I I do like that kind of off-course juju, but he's been hurt recently. Last time I picked yeah. him, he bailed. So Yeah, we need, I need to see him on the course he, for a tournament before I – can confidently play him and he might maybe this is that week where he comes out and does do great and he's back and maybe the injuries heal but in order for me to take the chance on him i gotta i gotta see it first you know where he is he's back he's he's in the he's in the waiting room with xander for me xander (laughs) xander came from outside to the mud room but he has to stay in the mud room (laughs) until he wins on his own patrick cantlay was walking in the house he brought in xander and said xander you can wait here until you can win on your own um (laughs) I'm shitting on the gold medal winner. I love it though. Uh, no, but I'm making the analogy of <laughs> yeah. somebody who I really like, who's really good, who's been there before and is not necessarily, he's not in Jordan Spieth territory. He's not like, whoa. Uh, and Jordan's not even in Jordan Spieth territory. He's won like two or three times since yeah. uh, his funk or whatever, but you get the analogy. I do. I know where you're going. <clears throat> back to, back speak, to you as a student. Back- speaking of guys that that we don't, necessarily say their names a bunch though mr keegan bradley makes a return to the top five in the rankings this week uh and look we've said i was telling about before i've said it before on the show keegan bradley doesn't typically pop in most models for most courses um but he's really good at the courses that he's good at and he's not so great at every other course this just seems to be one of those places that is set up perfectly for him really the only thing that's holding Honestly, the only thing holding him back from being ranked first this week in this model is the fact that he's ranked 85th in strokes gain putting, which we've already said is it's I'm I'm waiting that as like one of the my lower stats. So if it weren't for that, um, he's he should be pretty good this week. Now he is 9600, which seems like a lot to pay for Keegan Bradley and what he um, 
what he typically brings to the table, but he did recently finish eighth at the Valero. We haven't seen him on PGA Tour since then. He didn't uh, make the Masters. Um, but Keegan Bradley might have – there might be a little fire under him with not being in the Masters as a preview. You know, that's – there might be I something there think- for him. All right, I'm gonna go ahead. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do one of those things where I qualify the shitty thing I'm gonna say about somebody with the the fact the fact that I agree with you. I do think that he is there and he's 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 ready to break through again and come back. Um, mm. And and you mentioned the Valero and no, he wasn't at the Masters, but he was almost at the Masters because he almost won the Players a couple weeks before that. Yeah, uh, he had that he had that gut wrenching. He had the most relatable r- relatable finishes that I think I've ever seen in my life. Yep. Dude, all I gotta do, all I gotta do is par, and I got my, my personal best, or not even that, not even that. Yeah. I think yeah, I think he could have bogeyed, and he would have made a playoff or whatever. So I mean, you're in the trees, just punch out, take your medicine. You're right, you're right, man. Yeah. Right through the no punch out. Anyway, I felt bad from there because I do like me some Keegan, but here's where the part where I start talking nasty. How <laughs> the hell does that guy? That swing is awful. Like Bryce, I yeah. Bryson's swing, I understand it's on plane. It's the whole fundamentals. Mo Norman, if you've never heard of Mo Norman, go Google it, kids. Mo Norman might have been the most pure ball striker ever, and that's going like Tiger said it, Jack said it. These guys don't hold a candle to what Mo Norman used to be able to do with the golf club. Mm-hmm. I get it. I don't get. It's almost like he watched Matt Kuchar and said, "Hold my beer." You know, I can do worse. Well, so, what, anyway. what, what's what's crazy about the way he swings, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if, I believe I'm picturing the swing correctly here. He does, he breaks like are the you very, cr- hold on, are you cringing? Then yeah. Well, he breaks like the very first fundamental rule with the very first movement he makes in his swing. Because doesn't he start by shifting his head? Like doesn't he start by turning his like yeah. tilting his head back? Like that's how he starts to swing, right? You know who else used to do that? Who? Jack. Um, Jack, Jack, yeah, I if never you watched, picked up on that. If, if you watch Jack, Jack always did two things. He would always forward press his hands just a little bit. Yep. And he would always, and he would always just ever so slightly. I mean, and it's the most, See, it's slightly, though. doesn't thing. Keegan like give it almost like a full 45 degree tilt when he, like, maybe I'm picturing it wrong, but no, it could be almost a Matty Wolf kind of tick thing that he throws <laughs> in there, but he's so flat and it's so ugly, but. At the end of the day, he's a major golf champion, and he gets the ball in the hole, and that's the name of the game. Yes. Um, but it for aesthetic reasons, for aesthetic reasons, I am going to fade uh, hard on some Keegan Bradley, especially in the nine thousand range. Like you said, I just think there's going to be a ton of value down here. It is here a lot in... for him, and he is coming in at like fifteen percent ownership right there as well. So that's actually. Between the price and, and the ownership, that actually might be turning – I might be talking myself into a fade there, even though I think he will do good. If I'm going to be playing Corey Connors in my line, I don't want to be spending that ownership value on Keegan Bradley as well. All right, good, because we, we meet in the middle there because I was about to say, for those of you keeping score at home, I you know truth gun to my head. I'm playing Tony Finau out of that top tier, and truth gun to his head. He's playing Connie. Connie? Connie, Connie Connors? You know what? <laughs> If if I play Corey Connors and he f's me, he's Connie Connors, oh, so he wins again. Um, <laughs> no, for those of you keeping score at home, we got Tony and Corey coming out of the top tier. Let's go real quick through nine k then, because I just realized yeah. there are th- these are thin um, eight and uh, eight and nine. Yeah, there's not yeah, many players eight. in the eight and nine combined. I think there's maybe maybe twenty total. Which I think is why why this week it's so important to go down into those, like you say, those seven K range and find the leverage. I mean, there's plays. only like fourteen. 
Right. I mean, and so let's go real quick. Keegan Bradley might be, he obviously is maybe kind of you, I would say your leader in the clubhouse from the nine K range. I don't see anybody there in the nine K. So how do you feel about Mark Leishman? I love Mark Leishman. He's great. He plays great in the wind. He, How do you feel about I, him this week? Is maybe I should clarify. I don't for not. I I don't know why I'm trying to save my money or anything, but I just don't know. Let me. How's he been doing lately? He's only played the Masters recently. He hasn't, unless he's been playing tournaments overseas that I'm forgetting to factor in. Um, no, he's only he's played not. one out of the last six tournaments in the tour, and it was the Masters. And he, I mean, he finished well. He was, I think, top thirty. Or thirty fifth nah, or something like that. The only the only gut play I'd, the only gut play I'd play out of the nine uh, k range would be, <laughs> Gary, uh, would be Gary Woodland. Um, I I I almost start him and I decided not to. It, and I think he's another one that is uh, coming out of quasi Spieth territory. It hasn't been that long ago since he won the U.S. Open. Yeah, but he did he did just kind of go what the heck, and then he lost a bunch of weight. I think he did a bunch of physical adjustments to himself that then had to kind of one of those things when you lose that much weight or when you put on that much weight, it affects your entire swing, all your oh, physiology. Sure. So now he's, he's getting back to it. And I um, mean, top 25 <laughs> last week, um, he did, he missed the cut at the masters, but it's the masters. I mean, shit, I don't, I don't ever really factor that in too much. T10 at Valero top 20 at Valspar. He was nipping earlier this year. So I think again, <laughs> truth gun to my head, you can get me to play Gary Woodland out of the nine K range. Um, but this week would definitely be kind of my week that I would be taking Tony Finau up top or Corey Connors. I mean, if I'm mm-hmm. playing multiple lineups, I'm probably going to mess around with both those dudes. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I could definitely see that. But are we in agreement that Seamus Power's name has been thrown out there multiple times? I've seen that a lot of places. Yeah. I don't know how he ranks on um, on your model. Uh, Seamus Power, he comes in ranked 39th in the model. Um He's either really good in the rankings or really bad. He's got three where he ranks outside the top 100 in the field. Um, a couple middlers around the 30, 40, 50 range, and then a couple top 10s and top 20s. Um, it all looks right. like most of, his, most of his good – so pretty much all of his good stats are all the, the, par, the strokes gain power four and stroke gain power four, 450 to 500, both on – correlating courses and on the season in general. So that's really where the bulk of his good rankings are coming from. <clears throat> so I'm not really – he doesn't jazz me up this week. That's what well, I should say. Well, since we're in the 8K range, because, yeah, no, I agree. How long? Why is it taking us 44 minutes to mention Cameron Young's name? Uh, <coughs> he's – I believe uh, we said he was gonna. Well, he's gonna be chalky, sixteen percent. But that's why. But I, that's that was the main reason why. Because other than that, he's ranked fourteenth in my model, and I like him now. Um, he doesn't have. See, I kind of like him to win. He doesn't. So he doesn't have any correlating course stats. But for everything else, though, he's first in strokes gained off the tee, second in strokes gained par four, second in strokes gained par four, four fifty to five hundred. Um, and then he's 30th, 31st, and 43rd in your approach and um, fairways gain categories. And putting. High, en- <clears throat> high, high, en- high enough to, to throw in a couple of lineups. Oh, yeah. And, no, I definitely and, like him to do good this week. 
and I'm going to skip right over my other, again, I don't have anything personal against Matt Kuchar. Again, my sister's friends with his sister. I don't, I've never met him or anything. It's the swing that bothers me. I, the flat swing really bothers me. Yeah. Um, I'm skip. I'm going to skip right over him though and go to my boy, Aaron Rye or Aaron, uh, so before, Aaron Rye. Before we go too far down to Aaron Rye, I do want to touch on one more person in the eight case. Then we're going to get into the juicy seven case, but I feel like, I feel like Sergio Garcia needs to be mentioned this week in, in the, at 8,700 in the eight K range. Uh, ranking rank 10th. Oh, what am I in the ranking 10th? You've been talking to me way <laughs> too long already. Ranking 10th. Now. So he only had the one thing that makes me hesitant about him is that he's only played the masters recently, um, at least on tour. Uh, and he finished 23rd there, which is, which is pretty good. He's going to be coming in under 10% owned, but he feels like the the type of savvy pro that could come into this field and this tournament and treat it as a legitimate warm-up for the PGA Championship. Um, like this is like a true primer for him, and he goes out there and, and, and you know and tries out everything he wants to hone in before and and does well. Um, you know he he's he's his strokes gain approach has fallen off a bit in his uh, fairways. Gain isn't great, but everything else is top 50, top 20. He's got a couple top 10s in there. So I, I kind of like taking a couple shots on Sergio this week. I'd like to take a couple shots at him as well because um, he's another one of those people that I actually have a weird random uh, <coughs> personal connection to. My brother-in-law, used it. first of all, passing on Sergio uh, mostly out of personal spite, but I endorse your selection or at least – uh, awareness of how well he can do because when you mentioned it, he tipped top 25 of the Masters. We haven't seen him do anything else. Yeah. He's at that point in his career where it's kind of like I saw the top 10 10 years ago had Steve Stricker in it. I'm like, Steve <laughs> Stricker was a world top 10 10 years ago. Like that kind of kind of made me be like, really? Weird Old man think, Strick? Yeah. Cap? Yeah. Well, they, these guys get to that age where they are so damn good and they have won so many times mm-hmm. that it is almost muscle memory at this level, you know, where it's like, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, you know, for, for Sergio, he was winning tournaments when some of these guys were still in diapers. So it's sure. like, I mean, he's not that old, but I mean, he was, but he was playing El Nino when he was like 17. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, my brother-in-law says he's just a jerk. My brother-in-law was the director <laughs> of operations for, uh, for College of Charleston Athletics for a long time. And Sergio used to date his girlfriend was on the, on the golf team there and um, women's golf team. I want to clarify real quick. Sure. Sure. And so he said, Sergio would come visit and he was kind of a jerk. That's all. He, okay. I mean, my, my brother-in-law is way too gracious of a gentleman to go into details. He's from Highlands, North Carolina. And if you think I've got an accent, then meet people from <laughs> Highlands, North Carolina. Uh, but he's a, he's a really nice guy, but he just would be like, I don't care for Sergio. So you, you got it. So okay. shouts to Josh. Well, that was all I had on Sergio. So if you want to grace us with Aaron Ryan now, because <laughs> we are coming down to like the last 10 minutes of the show here. So we got to make sure we hit the 7K range and, you, and give out our favorites. Do you need me to do 10 minutes on Aaron Ryan? No, Aaron <laughs> Ryan is short and sweet and simple. Guy's been playing out of his out of his mind. And, um, you know, obviously played well in the team event. I just think that he's – and the week before he played well is, uh, too. I think what was his um, – recent do, 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 do. where are you mr rye his recent was at mexico 29th at valero yeah so i mean he's been he's been making cuts he's been getting up there and you get that close to winning like he did at the team event and who knows maybe you think ah if it was that damn david lipsky so i like Aaron. i like aaron rye i do like his boy david david lipsky for the same reason um but 7k is huge so walk us through your big huge. board so Kevin Strelman's popping again. 
We he he popped uh, earlier in the year for us. Uh, I do want to check, double check his ownership though. He's coming in around ten percent ownership, so it's pretty good ownership there as well. Um, and his recent form, um, he the thing about him is he might be starting a skid here. He missed the cut at the Heritage. He finished sixty seventh last week, so he just barely made it in at Mexico. Before that, he finished eighteenth at the Valero and seventh at the Valspar. But he didn't play the Masters, and since the Masters, his last two tournaments has been pretty uneventful but he does pop in the model but <coughs> and at 10 percent ownership it might be tempting it's not gonna be the first place i go honestly i want to i'm gonna jump down to the bottom because i think my favorite and this is gonna this might shock me my favorite don't say doc redvin no but right below him nate lashley i like me some nate lashley this week lashley uh, I, is I coming in projected six percent ownership I don't think I've even realized how well he's been playing this year until just now. He finished 11th at the Mexico last week. Uh, he did miss the cut at the Heritage, but before the Masters, which he didn't play in, he finished 18th at the Valero, 15th at Punta Cana, and 27th at Valspar. Uh, and, and I'll tell it, you what, I, I like it, Lashley. I, I, I like what you're doing here because his his two weak spots are strokes gained putting and strokes gained off the tee. Now, yep. bud, bud, didn't you say you have to be accurate off the tee? Yes, I did. However... This is a, you. It's going to be binary. If he's accurate this week, he's so he's good enough. Actually, he's really good in those other areas that it's it makes up for the putting. It make mm-hmm. you know it's also putting's another one of those weird fucking things that can come and go, can snap into a week. And he's not so <laughs> dog awful. Again, they are pros. Uh, he's not so dog awful in the putting. I mean, ninety third's not nope. great, and he ranks but, really well in strokes gained, par fours, and four fifty right. five hundred specifically. So yeah, I, so, for seven thousand dollars. I really yeah. like me some Nate Lashley. I do too. I'm going to take Doc, Red- Doc Redman just so you can have Nate Lashley. And again, I'm going to use my, we should do a head to head on those two and um, we can go. Yeah. The same uh, price, same. Uh, we could go, we yeah. could go double. We could go double or nothing. I could get you back to zero or that, that sixer of, of, of Kings turns let's, into twelves. Let's do for it. When, uh, for when we meet up at the U S open later on this summer. So Redmond and Lashley uh, at the U.S. Open. Snuck it in there. We'll talk about that a little bit. Another, maybe next week we'll have some answers for you all. But but we'll be, we'll we'll be doing something. Some we'll be doing something. Um, but yeah, Redmond and Lashley. Yeah, because uh, I like that. We can do that. We'll do, are we doing DraftKings or finishing? DK we, points or finishing? Yeah. How do you want to declare the winner for us? What would be the appropriate head-to-head? The terminal? <coughs> like, I, I don't know. What's in – what I mean, I almost think that DK points would be the natural because this is a – that's the whole point of playing DraftKings. Yep. Uh, and, and I would be – I almost think it would be like the Electoral College where if you finish above somebody, I think it would line up. It should. It, sh- it should, yeah. It, it, most of the like, times it will. The, the logic <laughs> there, like, seems to reason. So um, I'll say DK points. Okay, yeah, DK see, we'll points. do that. We'll do that. And then I think the only lower price guy that I'd be willing to even mention is Tyler Duncan, 6,900. Why? I've never even heard of him. You're making <laughs> Uh So he's definitely a – here's what Tyler Duncan does for you. He's either going to make the cut and finish top 25 or he's going to miss the cut. But it is mathematically possible if you play Tyler Duncan – and given the value that is in the 7K range, you can play Corey Connors and Tony Finau in the same lineup 
if you're willing to take a shot on a guy that if he makes the cut, he's probably going to finish way above his value dictates. And just and, the line that I put together right now, I can play both Corey Connors and Tony Fina in a lineup. And Duncan's the only guy I have that's under 7K right now. I have one spot left. I'm still left with eight grand. So I can right. have my picking in the 7K range. So we're talking about here's the th- maybe here's the key then. It is such a um, it's so fat in the middle that yep. you really can't you you go studs and duds and you try to find like the uber uber <clears throat> value. Is that the ma- the mathematical is odds it- are telling us that there's a higher chance that the winner is going to come from that 7K range just because of the amount of people that are in the 7K range. <laughs> mathematical odds strokes gain home life no i'm just kidding all right we got a few minutes left here we got a few minutes uh, left. so who, who do you have left in the in the 7k range though that you want to make sure we we touch on marty laird was the only other person and i think just i have a soft spot for marty laird i got um, him too so that's perfect Give, show me tell do me you really i do yeah so tell me why i'm laird Honestly, looking down there, he's just a name down there in the bottom that jumps out at me when I when I want to mess around with the lineup that that is top heavy with a couple of mm-hmm. a couple of double digit you know double digit top tier players up top. Um, familiar names. I get down there and I, I I can't get too in the weeds. I have to start going off of a little bit of that gut, mostly mm-hmm. because I'm not smart enough to to know what factors would be. You know, difference makers at that level. So I go with either familiar names or people who have been playing well. Martin Laird is a name that just kind of floats around up top. And I've heard it, I've heard it a few times this year. So mm-hmm. why not give him a shot that? And also I'm trying to get away from Luke list and not overplay him. Um, Cause I got a feeling Luke list might show up at a, at a major this year. He, he has the potential to, and he's been mm-hmm. talked about it for a while now to where at some point I feel like, Enough yeah. people know enough, like enough experts have been saying it, and they know enough that I feel like they they see something that maybe the rest of us can't see, but we just know as golf fans we can feel that it's going to happen too. Yeah, when when you when all of a sudden smart people start saying your gut instinct out loud, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, that was me. Yeah, I couldn't tell you yeah, why. I couldn't tell you why, but yeah, that was exactly, me. exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I totally knew Trayvon Walker was going first in the draft. Oh yeah, had it, nailed it. Yeah, of course you did, Skippy. So before we get off here, quickly, I, I'm going to give you my, my six-man DraftKings lineup here. Um, that leaves me with $300 left over. <clears throat> and it would just be a GPP lineup for anyone who's keeping score out there. But I'm thinking I'm, – I think I like this. I think I'm going to run this out there. I think I'm going to run out Corey Connors, Adam Long, Nate Lashley, Tony Finau, Tyler Duncan, and Brian Harmon. That's what, that's what I think I'm going to roll with. I'm going to see how, roll it, how it goes. I mean, the fact of the matter is, in my eyes, I got two guys that the literally the number one, number two guys that ranked out in, in my model. So I'm going with my model to an extent, but then I also have the two higher priced guys and Corey Connors and Finau that have a good odds on shot to to win. Um, and then I got some exposure to some some lower priced uh, flyers and Lashley and uh, Lashley Lashley and Duncan. Um, that look if they make the cut and the other guys make the cut like they're supposed to, then I, I think I'm think I'm in a good position. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about some amalgamation of I I, I like your idea of Tony trying to get Tony and Corey on the card and drop. Yeah, you don't have very, to this week by any means, but it's possible. No, nah, but it's a fun week to do it because it's not exactly conventional and it's not a conventional week. So mm-hmm. why not have you know have fun a little bit? 
And so I'd probably go with Tony and Corey as well. That's 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 kind of my top two there. And that frees me up to play with Aaron Rye, who I love down there, yep. high 7,900. And then I just skip all the way down to our friends, Marty, Nate, and Doc. And I don't mind putting Nate in my lineup, even though I've got to bet against him, because I can still have <laughs> one of my guys to finish higher than the other. Exactly. And, and, and the reason I want you to have 12 beers is so I can drink six of them as well when we do meet up. So that's That um, seems perfectly fair. It's studs and duds at TPC Potomac this week. It here is. for divots and pivots. Um, studs and duds. That wasn't really planned that way, but that's how we fell into it. So I'm I'm so, fine rolling with that. Rolling with it. Anytime I can fall <laughs> ass backwards into a pile of studs, I'm good with it. Um, shouts <laughs> as always to the folks at Fantasy National for letting us peek yes. under the hood and see how how the magic happens. Thank you once again to my friends at Belly Up for allowing me to be your guest uh, and grace the airways, and especially as always our friends at Tiki Live. Shouts. Uh, it's part of your work and watch Wednesday routine. Yes, work and watch Wednesdays. That's uh, that's what we're rolling with. So catch us every Wednesday right here, just like this morning, 10 a.m. on Tiki Live. Um, and yes, as Bud alluded to, we will have hopefully next week some answers on something something special for the U.S. Open that we are planning. Uh, I don't want to get you all too excited on. yet. We want some more details, but we got some stuff we're working on right now. So stay tuned for that. Set- Keep it. We're not saying the party's at the moon tower, <laughs> but just just be on. Just the watch, watch our tweets right here from the Twitter machine from Real Mister Mallet and this buds for you. Just keep an eye out uh, and divots of, at divots and pivots. Of course, that's the um, one to look really follow. That's the one we, we need to get pivots. that one up. We we broke two hundred followers on that, but let's get that rising up there. Um, and let's keep it going, guys. Check us out on YouTube, all your podcasting spots, Tiki Live. The Belly Up family of websites, Belly Up Sports, Belly Up uh, Fantasy Sports. Check us all out. We're here for you. Love you all. Have a great day. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.